0: military moms dads and grandparents this is linda crater at military network radio in a military family everyone serves and we know how hard you work to provide a great education for your military kids k-12 believes each child is uniquely brilliant so to prepare them for college and success beyond high school they deserve an education designed just for them learn more at k12.com forward slash grade about enrolling A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach, to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Join the community of military families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com forward slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com forward slash
1: grade.
0: Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are so glad that you've joined us this morning. Today's program is with me and with Pamela Stokes-Eggleston, and we're going to be talking about hearing loss and tinnitus. We've got two really terrific subject matter experts. And the reason hearing loss is coming up is because of practical things. All of us with military relatives, families, or veterans ourselves know that during peacetime or war, <laughs> it's noisy being in the military. There are many reasons why hearing loss is the number one veteran injury for vets of all eras. And let's face it, hearing loss greatly impacts the quality of life, relationships, community, uh, interaction, and obviously personal communication we're going to learn more today about why this problem is so pervasive and we welcome our experts we have Barbara Kelly the executive director of hearing loss association of america and a military spouse welcome Barbara
3: thank you Linda I'm happy to be here
0: we are very glad you're here as well. And we also have Ross McLathery, a Marine Corps veteran and reservist now, and he works as an advocate at Vets First for Disabilities and in front of Congress and testifying in advocacy. And we are just so glad to welcome both of you. And now I need to welcome Ross. Welcome to Military Network Radio.
4: Thank you, Linda. I'm very glad to be here as well.
0: I am as well, and I think one of the things that surprises people is when they think about the current conflicts, you keep hearing the signature injuries are PTSD and TBI, and while that is very, very true, what is talked about much less, because it appears to be less urgent initially, is hearing loss, and perhaps, let's start with you first, Ross. Um, As a veteran, talk to us about how even in peacetime, there are ways that hearing loss is affected by service.
4: Sure. Um, well, first off, um, from the I'm a Marine Corps reservist still, and so um, I'll try not to be too parochial here, but uh, in general, I think the Army as well, really, is that every Marine is a rifleman. So um, just from the beginning of your training, uh, male, female, Dependent doesn't matter what uh, your occupational specialty is, part of your training is to train for combat, and so that involves uh, the use of firearms. So automatically right there, within the first couple weeks of your military experience, you're, ex- you know, you're exposed to firearms, and those are inherently allowed. Um, then you add to that people that work in the, the artillery community, for instance, or heavy machinery, and that certainly affects the Navy and Air Force as well, aviation. Um, so all those different communities um, are affected by, by noise. So that's that's something that happens in peacetime. So you don't have to be exposed to um, combat-related ex- explosive incidents for you to, to be affected by that.
0: It makes perfect sense. And Barbara, would you like to add to
3: that description? Sure. I agree with Russ um, that everybody is a rifleman. I don't think anybody is a, um, exempt from that except perhaps medics and... Uh, chaplains, so um, although the military is doing a better job at hearing protection, there is that exposure to noise. And if you look at the national statistics of hearing loss overall, one in 10 people in the United States has a hearing loss, so chances are... Um, Either you have a hearing loss yourself, even if it's mild, or if you think about it, you know somebody with a hearing loss. So this 1 in 10 statistic of the United States certainly applies to people in the military, and then you have the added exposure to noise and injury. So uh, hearing loss and tinnitus are the two uh, most prevalent injuries
0: You know, Barbara, stay close to your speakers. I think you're coming in and out just because of distance. The tinnitus is also very important. And I think that that is sometimes the most worrisome, lingering um, injury that comes. But I would like to talk a little bit about the social aspects. And Pam, I know you're very aware of this as well, is that when someone has hearing loss, socially, it is uncomfortable to be with others in communication, if there's a lot of ambient noise around, it's almost impossible to hear. Even if someone has gotten hearing help, hearing loss help with hearing aids um, or, or other types of therapies that we'll talk about later, it is it separates you, it isolates you. And I'd like to put that right up front in our program, because I think people tend to minimize hearing loss as not as urgent, and perhaps it isn't as urgent in the immediacy of uh, larger injuries, if you will. But as a connector to other people, it's essential. Pam, would you like to add to that?
5: Yes, I absolutely would. I think um, one of the things that's really important about this injury is that is that it's invisible, um, and it's only become visible um, when you know you see there's some kind of problems and. You know particularly with caregivers who are dealing with this at home, I think it's it's really critical to um, have your audience or have our audience understand that this may be an impending problem. And this is this can be included in the discussion in the narrative around uh, invisible wounds of war. So I'm glad that you mentioned earlier, Linda, that you know, uh, soldiers, uh, service members, um, marines, Even our coasties are dealing with uh, hearing loss from all eras and that they might be experiencing this. And as a caregiver, you may think you're going crazy because you're repeating yourself (laughs) or whatever. And and you're like, wait, I know I said this to him. And a lot of times people don't go in directly to check hearing loss and things like that. I'd love it if if Barbara or Ross would speak more to to that kind of issue.
4: Uh, yeah, actually, I, I could chime in on... Um, so I, I'm, I, I'm the vice president and director of Vets First, which is part of United Spinal Association. And um, we have three core principles, the first of which is community integration and independence. So for the United Spinal side, of course, we deal with uh, people with spinal cord injuries, disabilities, so those are visible. But I, I think you touched on the, the importance of community integ- integration and independence. If you have a, a, a hearing loss then I can see how you'd be pretty, pretty isolated and not feel like you're a part of the community in general terms. And so on a day-to-day basis, it's got to be very frustrating to feel very isolated. And so, you know, when you have a pool of veterans with hearing loss, that's a broader pool because it affects those that have served in various um, situations in the service and peacetime and time of war. So it really does, you know, that 10%, I believe, goes across the border for the military. So I think it it does, um, uh, it does parallel the civilian community in terms of how many it affects, but it's easy to get isolated, um, you know, so whether it's a physical isolation or a, a hearing isolation.
0: Right. You bring up an excellent point, and, and I know that um, from personal experience with veterans in my family, when there is a, a growing hearing loss, it's getting worse, there's often frustration and anger which then almost turns into possibly anxiety and depression because they can't hear, they're not processing things and yet they've done so well all these years coping, but now it requires help. So for example, Vietnam veterans are older veterans who are finding that age is exacerbating the condition. They are only now seeking care. Barbara, can you speak to that?
3: Um, Yes, I can, first of all, The problem with hearing loss is that nobody dies from hearing loss. So when somebody in the military sustains injuries, um, often those supersede the hearing loss in terms of care. We have two veterans that we've interviewed for our magazine, Captain Mark Brogan and Sergeant Shiloh Harris, and they both have sustained traumatic brain injury. But they say of all their injuries with the TBI and physical injuries, the hearing loss is the one that gives them the most problem because um, I'm not minimizing the loss of a limb, but that is a visible disability. So often people know right up front um, how they need to accommodate you. You can't do certain things. Um, Even to some extent, traumatic brain injury is visible, although it certainly has invisible aspects. But if you lose a leg, you are cut off from certain physical activities. If you lose your hearing, you're cut off from people, from social interactions, from participating in your own health care decisions, because you can't hear physicians. Perhaps you can't make your own phone calls. Um, you try to return to the workplace and you're sitting around a conference table and eating and you're trying to follow a very rapid discussion. And it's very demoralizing to all of a sudden think that you can't be in control of your care. So if it is treated with hearing aids or a cochlear implant, people assume when they see a hearing aid that your hearing has been corrected. Like when you put on a pair of eyeglasses, your vision is corrected. Mm-hmm. However, that's that's not the same for hearing aids. Um, there's still a lot of problems with ambient noise and um, it's signal to speech or speech to signal ratio is how much you're hearing mm-hmm. but there there is a lot that can be done beyond hearing aids with hey, this Okay Barbara
0: we need to stop now for a short break but that was we're going to continue after the break you're listening to military network radio Hi all military moms dads and grandparents this is Linda Crater at Military Network Radio In a military family, everyone serves, and we know how hard you work to provide a great education for your military kids. K-12 believes each child is uniquely brilliant, so to prepare them for college and success beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com forward slash grade about enrolling. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach, too, and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Join the community of military families who have succeeded with a tuition-free, online K-12 education. K12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com forward slash grade or call 855 628 9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com forward slash grade.
6: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tuginhead.com. power for more information on the million dollar mindset go to our website marlatabaka.com that's m-a-r-l-a-t-a-b-a-k-a.com it's the million dollar mindset with marla tabaka monday afternoons at 2 1 p.m central on Togenet.com.
2: It's heard.
1: got a lead foot according to state troopers here's what not to do when you get pulled over Don't be a lachrymous and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are one in three. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
2: Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here talking with Ross McLathery and Barbara Kelly about hearing loss and tinnitus. Barbara, right before the break, we had to stop uh, just to take the break. And you were talking about the visible, invisible injury itself. But then you also talked about hearing aids and how that gives a signal to some people, but that there may also be a stigma with that. Can you speak, finish your thoughts? And and then I know, Ross, you had a story to tell.
3: Um, Yes. Although when you see somebody with hearing aids, we often think they can hear because the hearing is corrected, but it's really not. And there is a stigma with hearing loss, especially uh, people often associate hearing loss with aging, and they think hearing aids are a part of getting older. Or they think, um, because I have hearing aids, I'm not going to be as capable or people are not going to view me as capable. So there is a stigma. And I think um, Ross could speak to this in the military um, about maybe uh, the problem with soldiers and Marines not self-identifying because fear of losing their job.
4: Sure. Well, it's not even just um, losing the job necessarily. I, although I do think that's an aspect. I think uh, you know, self-identifying is, you know, is, is something that a lot of people don't want to do. Um, but the other issue too, and especially in the Marine Corps, um, I would say is is physical fitness, your appearance. Is is, is is a very important aspect of your leadership and your leadership presence. And so okay. I have a friend that just gave up battalion-level command, and uh, he's had hearing loss over a period of time, and he was uh, fitted for hearing aids, and he said that they are great in terms of the way they work, um, and he could certainly hear better. But at the same time, he didn't want to stand in front of his Marines wearing those because, you know, you, you want to appear as strong vibrant leader. and so when I think when most people in society would see somebody with a hearing aid they might think of them as as old or maybe even you know not as strong as they might otherwise seem. And so that's one of those things that that does really matter, the command presence in the military. And so I guess my question then too Barbara is do you, do you see people that are not willing to accept treatment so even though they could be treated well, you know they could get the treatment that they require they're unwilling and then does that lead to you know further trauma further issues for them down the line
3: absolutely we know that it takes seven to ten years uh, by the time a person knows they have a hearing loss to the time that they seek treatment and they are very hesitant to wear hearing aids but what i tell people is your hearing loss is noticeable if you think you're fooling anybody by not getting hearing aids You're not. In fact, if you have an untreated hearing loss, you could appear uh, not quite as sharp. Mm -hmm. You could appear aloof, like you're not caring about the conversation. And especially with older people and you're a caregiver, if there's an undiagnosed hearing loss, it could often be uh, mistaken for dementia. So it's worse to have an untreated hearing loss, but... We see this a lot with people who don't want to get hearing aids, especially younger people, because they're viewed as less capable or, um, you know, having a disability. However, um, that's the stigma that we're trying to work on and we're trying to erase. And even, unfortunately, often if you go to your primary care physician and if you're of a certain age, say 50 or older and you tell your doctor you know i'm having a little problem hearing very often they'll say oh it's just part of getting old go home and turn up the television and that is the worst advice that can be given because there are things that can be done so i I can understand that russ that that must be a real problem for your friend
4: Yeah, well, I think the other thing, too, then I guess maybe we could probably address that, too, is just the actual ringing itself. So maybe it isn't necessarily um, a hearing improvement, right? It's more of a a way to mitigate actual discomfort. Uh,
0: Well, you know, Russ, it's interesting when you talk about tinnitus. Um, I, I recently did a video for Veteran Caregiver on hearing loss and tinnitus. Because tinnitus is a perceived sound in the brain and often will not show up as a hearing loss. But there's damage in the brain's ability to translate that noise into something. Now, that can be quite mild for some people, but it can be absolutely life-changing for others because it is such a, it's a, its more than an annoyance. It is a life-ruining event. And... There are treatments now that can address this, but you're right. It's not always just hearing loss. It's also having that ringing in your ears that is constant. It doesn't allow you to sleep. It doesn't allow you to ever have silence. And let's face it, silence and moments of silence and mindfulness and all of that are very important to good emotional health, communication, and family life. Can either of you speak to that aspect?
4: well I I would say I think another aspect too is that I think if you're in a situation with the the tinnitus there's a probably certain level of irritability and then Mm -hmm. I think that irritability then affects your relationships in general and um, you see a lot of veterans with PTSD and TBI and other issues coming back with anger issues and it affects their relationships I can see this being just another factor that goes into that whether uh, by itself or uh, part and parcel to uh, traumatic brain injury or you know, post traumatic stress. Um, so I could definitely see that being an issue. We certainly see high rates of failure for marriages within the service, and, and then of course the deployment cycle doesn't help as well.
0: Well, you know, I agree with all of what you've said, and I've, I've watched many, many um, vets minimize hearing loss or their tinnitus, et cetera, until it got to a point where the depression was setting in. But I think maybe this is a good time to initiate bringing in a discussion about hearing protection and giving it a higher priority. What kind of priority is there in training about hearing protection and warnings and preparation? Well, I can...
4: Was that, oh sorry, Yeah, I don't
0: want to step on. I will let either of you take it. I I think it's just a, a,
3: it's an important point and you you really don't hear much about it. Russ, why don't I speak um, generally about hearing protection and then you can talk specifically what they do in the military. Um, Go for it. We know that noise is a real problem in in our society. We live in a very noisy society and what we used to think hearing loss was just part of getting older, we're now finding out that it could be after years and years of build-up of noise. And we're especially concerned about our children and our teens who are blasting things into their ears. And I think all of us have experienced going to a concert. uh, (laughs) And we walk out and our ears, we might feel stuffed or we might feel some ringing in the ears. Mm -hmm. And when, when we hear that ringing in the ears, the hair cells, which are auditory hair cells in the cochlea, have actually died. Mm -hmm. So we have lost a part of our hearing. And the thing about noise induced hearing loss is that it's completely preventable and it's completely irreversible. So protecting hearing is critical. And Ross, maybe you can talk more specifically to what they do in the military to protect hearing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I can even kind of go back in history for a few examples in my family where I, so I witnessed it um, prior to my service. I I was commissioned in uh, 1996, and I had gone to training in 1993, 1995, but um, my dad's grandfather was in submarines during World War II, and uh, so, and before that, he was on surface ships, so he was exposed to a lot of loud noises, and in fact, uh, on leave during World War II, um, he wound up going, to, my grandmother went up to visit her brother uh, in the guest bedroom and he had uh, gone to sleep down in the, the basement because it was too quiet upstairs but he was used to you know the chugging and the churning but later in life I think it affected him, he certainly had some hearing issues and then his son went into the Air Force during Vietnam and uh, I remember as a teenager and, and throughout the years he always had hearing problems, he was actually On aircraft and he would fly into Vietnam and pick up wounded troops and so he directly attributes his hearing loss to exposure to aircraft engines all the time and not really thinking about hearing protection Uh, my father worked on aircraft in the Marine Corps and the same thing he didn't do a great job of protecting his hearing and and uh, his hearing is although he'll deny it probably his hearing is not the best (laughs) I can add to the frustration factor although I love him dearly but um, so from my perspective, I kind of knew coming in that that would be an issue. And uh, I'm an artillery officer by trade, so certainly exposed to, to loud noises, but prior to that, I actually flew before my eyes went bad. So I was always pretty, pretty cognizant of the issues. And I wore double hearing protection uh, in flight training, so I would get the, the little yellow foamies that we'd put in and then put on the uh, you know, on the helmet itself, uh, or on the flight line um, extra hearing protection. Um, And then on the gun line, the same thing. So uh, I'm fortunate that my hearing loss has actually been pretty minimal. Um, In fact, this past week in the reserve duty, I had to uh, get checked. But I I think the effort for the Marine Corps um, has gotten much better over the years. It it wasn't bad. It's just that they were before we deployed in 2004 and 2005 and then um, later, they, they fitted us for hearing protection really emphasized that made sure that we had the not just the temporary foamy ones but the actual um more expensive plastic ones that uh were designed for um for firing weapons and then on the other side just in general to protect your ears from other noise so i think over the years they've done a much better job we're certainly careful as leaders when we take the marines to the rifle range uh, we've always done this that since my time in was to make sure that people are wearing hearing protection on the firing line. Um, but I certainly think that people are much more cognizant of the issues related to uh, exposure to noise nowadays. So that's that's heartening.
0: It is heartening. And, and I, I found a fact prior to the show that I thought was absolutely fascinating, which is that the VA buys one in five hearing aids sold in the United States, period.
7: Oh, wow.
3: That's
0: yeah. huge. Wow. And and that's a that's a big statistic, and um, it it comes later in life, generally, according to their stats. But it is important that at least people seem to be getting help. And I know that we have much more to talk about in terms of there's two ways you can get hearing loss through noise and through blast waves, and we'll discuss that after the next. Break and we'll discuss ratings as well. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're talking about hearing loss and tinnitus today. And with Ross McLaughlin and Barbara Kelly, we'll be back right after these
2: messages. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages.
6: often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the Secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient Seers and Master Teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, NatureSpiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show? Nature Spirit Speak. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
7: It's a fact that eating breakfast is extremely important. Many Americans start their day by eating a bagel with cream cheese. They find it satisfying and feel that it's a healthy choice for breakfast. But is that true? Eat This, Not That, states that a bagel is shaped like a zero for a reason. It has almost 500 calories with 8 grams of fat and 634 milligrams of sodium. The majority of the 500 calories come from refined carbohydrates with little redeeming nutrition to justify the price tag. A much better choice would be a low-calorie, multigrain English muffin with two tablespoons of peanut butter for 300 calories. This is satisfying and nutritionally charged choose a breakfast that works for you and not against your healthy light lifestyle i'm annette hammond visit our website at annettehammond.com
2: welcome back to military network radio serving the military their families and those who care about them together we make a difference
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion on hearing loss. And during the break, we were talking about hearing protection, and it's a Catch-22. So I'll direct this one to you, Ross. Talk about hearing protection, wearing it, wanting not to wear it, what it causes pros and cons, and um, the actual experience when you're in combat or in training.
4: Sure. Um, well, well, going back to, it's not such an issue, let's say, on the rifle range. I never felt bothered by wearing the hearing protection, and I appreciated it there. Um, however, in flight training, I certainly felt hindered by it um, because you're in a stressful environment because you're trying to learn how to fly. At the same time, they're throwing you emergency procedures. Um, so there's a lot going on, and having the hearing protection in meant that the, the radios, the communications were a little bit more difficult because... You know, you're sitting there kind of nervous uh, under the gun as well as you're trying to hear everything clearly. And so it just makes it's just one more layer of friction and difficulty. So certainly from that perspective, while you're in the airplane, it, it, it was a little bit of a hindrance on the flight line. Not so much. Now, uh, in a combat scenario, you also don't want to wear it because the thought process then is it reduces my situational awareness. Mm -hmm. while my ears are protected, the reduction in situational awareness then theoretically could put me in a a more dangerous position because you're out and about. You want to be cognizant of uh, activity around you, friendly enemy, what your Marines are doing. Um, I'm talking aircraft in my job. uh, My last job in in Iraq was talking aircraft to call in airstrikes as well as artillery and supporting arms, naval gunfire. So for me, communication was very, very important. So I'd have headset on with the radio, but having the foamy or the other hearing protection in was not really something that I could afford to do because I was more concerned about my men or me getting injured, killed uh, than I was about hearing loss. And so as a result, when there were explosions that happened, I'm sure that um, I wasn't as protected as I could have been from the hearing side, that is. So
3: well, it's a give and take. I'm so, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Barbara. I'm just saying, so hearing is a critical survival sense okay. for you, Ross, right?
4: Yes, absolutely. And, and a commun- so it's survival and actually, um, so in, in that sense, that defensive perspective, and then in the offensive perspective as, as well, you know, c- command and control is essential for combat operations. And so uh, hearing protection theoretically can uh, affect command and control in a combat situation as well. So very important.
3: And I think in the past, hearing loss has been considered by many to just be an an inevitable part of military service. It's a byproduct. But I I think that's changing now. And Linda mentioned about the Department of Veterans Affairs. They are the number one purchaser of hearing aids in the country. Um, For our retired military as well as our our recently... um, retired military, and current military. So it's a huge problem. There also is a study being done on a hearing loss pill to prevent noise-induced hearing loss. It's a researcher from Southern Illinois University School of Medicine, and they're testing uh, a product uh, for to prevent noise-induced hearing loss, and they're doing the research at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So um, there is some hope on the horizon for noise-induced hearing loss.
4: That's and that's great to hear. That's really great to hear from, a, from a, an operator perspective, certainly.
3: Well, and I hope that people
0: will sign up and participate, because that's one of the things. We'll post that information uh, when we post the radio program. But that's very important. You talk about noise-induced hearing loss. Um, I know that, for example, 60 decibels is considered safe but being within 50 feet of a grenade exploding exposes someone to 150 to 160 decibels. These are, these are things that are inevitable if you are under siege. And so when you are in that situation, you're right, it seems to take a backseat to survival. But when you're coming back, how many, Ross, I'll direct this at you, sure. what percentage of folks do you think – actually go seek help for their hearing
4: loss um well i, I think that that's a hard one to tell because i think a lot of people you know the military is basically essentially 19 20 21 year olds for the most part i mean the highest percentages of those young first term mm-hmm. uh soldiers sailors airmen marine and coast guardsmen so it, those are young people and you know when you're at that age you're Uh, you know, you know, you're immortal. So I think a lot of people maybe later in life would, uh, would seek treatment, whereas otherwise, and of course, the people that join the military anyway, tend to be type A, um, you know, I can take on the world. So, you know, you've got that type of that, uh, that, 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 that those people that in the service, so I would think it would be much later um, that they would do that. And, uh, but I think it's, I think we're thinking the idea of the proactive is important. I just want to throw that out there as well, because I think, we in times of tightening budgets, and VA recognizes that that it's better to be proactive to prevent it. So, from not mm-hmm. just a, a health perspective, but from a financial perspective as well, because we are going to be taking care of veterans from these mm-hmm. wars for years to come. I mean, we only lost the last World War One veteran less than a decade ago. Right. So, um, and then of course people will be living much longer. So this is a, this is both going to be a health issue for the young, for the for the older, and then it's going to be a cost issue.
3: Oh, it is, because right now, more than 800,000 veterans receive compensation from the VA for hearing-related conditions, and that's more than $1 billion a year. Um, And I I don't know how the Marines is, Ross, but I know the Army, just because I I quizzed my husband a little bit before the show, and he said that he does have – he takes a hearing test every year, and he's um, active reserve, and he Mm -hmm. takes – A hearing test along with his other tests. But I asked him to describe the test for me. And I I think it's pretty easy to pass that test.
4: (laughs) I always feel (laughs) like I'm failing. So so
0: good. Okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, for the uh, you have to do what they call a PHA. I think it's physical health assessment every year. So um, in the reserves, and then I guess active duty still as well. But uh, so I took mine this past weekend. And so they, they put you in a box with you know, usually like five or six others and you you, you hear various sounds uh, left and right ear and then you have to click a button and you, you sometimes you're clicking the button thinking that you hear something because you wind up hearing your breathing or the squeaking from the plastic and the cord and so I, I know for me it's very it, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating every time they tell me my hearing seems to be okay or at least no no uh, dramatic change since 1997 but i come out of there feeling deaf every time so i i, I don't know i don't know if i if i'm on a high standard or not. So I don't know if it's easy to pass, but um, I I certainly come out of there feeling like I failed each time.
3: Well, he didn't say that. Those were not his words. I was just kind (laughs) of assuming that from now, from your description and from his description. But, um, you know, a good hearing test would be uh, by an audiologist. I'm not saying they're not all audiologists with real ear measurement in a sound booth with an audiogram, And I I really can't speak to how the military does their tests. But even an audiogram isn't perfect for detecting hearing loss because, uh, you know, you might hear perfectly well one on one. But if you're put in a noisy situation, the signal to noise ratio might be a little off. But um, I think you're right about the getting people to admit they have a hearing loss, that even in normal society, we find out that it takes people five or seven to ten years before they seek treatment. But a lot of what you say about survival skills and not wanting to use hearing protection, I think is a good crossover into other professions like police officers Mm -hmm. and uh, fire uh, personnel, firemen and firewomen and rescue personnel, the same type of thing that if they're in the middle of um, a survival situation with their guns firing, they're not going to put hearing protection in.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things too, you know, what's, what's the closest alligator to your boat? That's the one you go after. So, you know, there are explosives going on, people are shooting you. You're like, okay, I don't want to get shot is my number one concern. My hearing, I can take care of kind of, you know, you think I could take care of later. or It's just not. And, but I'll tell you what, it, what's, firing your weapon for the first time in combat. The first time I was in a firefight, I didn't have my hearing protection in. Um, I didn't expect to get into a firefight. So you're firing a your rifle and it's loud and you realize, wow, that hurts. And I remember coming out of it thinking, "Wow, my ears are kind of ringing a little bit. So,
3: And Linda talked about the grenade going off. So if there's a bomb that goes off on your left side, you could have single-sided deafness. And that really presents a problem as well. Uh, a lot of people are under the assumption that, well, I have one good ear, but uh, that can present a lot of problems.
5: Well, it's and interesting. And those problems, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was just wondering, Barbara, would that be some kind of balance issue if you lost hearing in the one ear? Like, like, would that throw your equilibrium off? There well, can be,
0: if there's damage to the auditory nerve, but I just want to throw in a stat on the exact blast pressure Barbara's talking about, then please take the answer from there, Barbara. Blast pressure. Eardrums can rupture with pressure as low as five pounds per square inch, but the explosive in Iraq and Afghanistan creates pressure that exceeds 60 PSI. Mm-hmm. And the damage that pressures, the pressure that damages lungs and intestines is 56 to 76. So we're in the the range of really damaging Hearing, uh, internal organs, etc. Anytime you're over fifty-six to sixty decibels, or psi. Pardon me, wrong unit of measure. P- sixty
3: psi. Um, Robert? certainly. Um, you know, I'm not a physician, but uh, many people with hearing loss also have balance issues, as well as okay. tinnitus. Mm-hmm. And um, tinnitus is another problem because. As far as I know, there's not really a cure for it. There are ways to mask it, and sometimes hearing aids help. There is something called a tinnitus pillow to help people sleep at night, but there's no real cure right now, and there's a lot of research going on, but it really can be as debilitating as a hearing loss. I mean, I've known people have had it. It's absolutely maddening.
0: Right. right. That's the, right. that's the right word for it. From what I can tell, they're doing a lot of behavioral therapy, uh, cognitive therapy, where you can learn coping mechanisms to kind of trick the brain into not... Noticing it as much, but you're right. It is a an ongoing research area too, because prolonged excessive noise damage is a problem, but so is uh, just that that intermittent one that is big enough to damage the hair cells that you mentioned, because we don't grow new hair cells as mammals, and so if you have damaged your ear, it in many cases, as you put it, it is absolutely irreversible. Wanted to mention our new sponsor. Uh, k12 if you want more information on k12 online learning you go to k12.com forward slash grade we'll be right back after these short messages you're listening to military network radio
2: we're military network radio and we'll be right back after these short messages
1: like fair food, you know, lovewort such as corn dogs, funnel cakes and anything else you could put in a deep fryer. Lovewort is another word for food that has no nutritional value. This year I went to the Texas State Fair where they were serving up fried king ranch casserole, fried thanksgiving dinner and fried nutella. The California State Fair boasts fried crispy cream chicken sandwiches. What's a word for a person who loves a certain type of food to the point of madness? An opsomaniac at the Iowa State Fair, you can enjoy a hot beef sundae. That's a big scoop of mashed potatoes over roast beef, covered with gravy, sprinkled with cheddar cheese, and garnished with a cherry tomato to look like a sundae. What's another word for messy food? My wallet. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
6: Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know.
1: It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power. In those stories.
6: Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion on hearing loss, and you know, Russ, we that didn't. I want to circle back to the point we brought up earlier about disability and ratings because I know that's what you work with very closely. Can you speak to that part a bit, please?
4: Yeah. Um, well, the thing about the disability rating for for uh, many issues uh, for disability ratings for veterans, it's based on. Um, how severe the injury is and so it could vary you have let's just say an injury on your shoulder it can vary based on your ability to use that whereas um what's different about tinnitus and hearing loss is it's really just a it's a 10 percent regardless of the severity the other but now on the positive side and we kind of discussed how it can affect you in one ear if it affects you in one ear um that is if then you you were disability or you're disabled rated but um but at the same time, it's not based on a certain level of severity. And so um, it's not, I, and I think probably many people would think that that's not really the right way to approach it because we've already discussed how it can vary and, and affect your life, your life and, you know, to very different degrees.
0: You know, one thing I, I found amusing when I talked to a couple of audiologists is they said people would, co- vets would come in and for, for PHAs, etc., or would, just be forced in by a family member who said, you need to get this done. And they'd say, I don't have a problem. And so one uh, of the audiologists simply said, I would say highly provocative things. And it would be very obvious if they heard what I said or not, which I thought was a very good way to do that. So as family members listening today, you may want to try something similar, say something outrageous and see if it's actually heard and and be certain it is not inattention. It is simply uh, not heard because I think there are, it is something that people don't want to acknowledge because of what Barbara said earlier about it could just be an aging issue and they don't want to acknowledge that. But We have already laid out a a good argument for the fact that military service is inherently loud.
4: And I'd like to add one other thing, though, and I think that's a good point about that. But I think people also might I think people might think, okay, hearing the loss tonight, you know, that that's what they think of with the the disability Mm -hmm. rating. But it could be, you know, the other things ringing, buzzing, roaring, and and a veteran might not realize that that's also up to the standard where they would get uh, rated, so it's not just the inability to hear something, it's the other conditions within your, your hearing or your brain that makes you think that you hear something. So, I just want to kind awesome. of throw that out there as well.
3: Also, um, two points about the family members, um, instead of just trying to test them and see if they've heard something, but a lot of family members can be en- enablers, we like that word, right? Um, yeah. so, <laughs> say, say you, your husband is talking to, say say my husband has a hearing loss, he doesn't, but let's say he does and he's talking to me from another room and I can hear him perfectly well but he can't hear my response so what do I do? I get up from my chair and I go talk to him face to face when it's really he who needs to get up from his chair and say I can't hear you from the other room so I think, you know, we we do things in our day-to-day lives to compensate and help each other, but um, hearing loss really is insidious. Mm-hmm. It can creep. It can creep up slowly. It can creep into all aspects of your life. A miscommunication. It can lead. There is evidence. It can lead to depression mm-hmm. and isolation. And we know what depression and isolation can lead to. Right. Uh, and Ross talks about the disability ratings. So if somebody has, say, a disability rating of 10 percent, but there has to be really a needs assessment. And if you put a hearing aid in somebody's ear, you you can do a needs assessment of, well, this person functions pretty well and can stay on the job with a hearing aid or be reassigned to another duty with a hearing aid or with assistive technology um you can function very well in meetings or we often find that somebody the biggest complaint is i can hear but i can't understand so if you have training videos that are being used in the military maybe they need to be captioned and maybe even that captioning would help other people in the room who are having a hard time understanding the words yeah.
0: Yeah feeling you put that in there just because I put out a hearing video and I hadn't closed captioned it. I I actually took care of that yesterday and did close caption it. So I know how simple it is to do that. So raising awareness about these issues and how to better help people, not enable them, but to support them would be important.
4: Ross, you were having something. Yeah, I think that's also an interesting point too, because my understanding, and Barbara, maybe you can correct me here, is that that Tonight, this could be triggered months or years later after a specific incident, mm-hmm. and if that's the case too, then if you're you've got these videos going to people throughout the military, it might not be you know it might be for a guy that's a master sergeant that was injured in the Gulf War or something like that, or or early in the, in this war, I guess at this point. Um, so um, I think it's a good point actually, and I don't know is is that correct that it it can be yes. triggered. Later. Okay. It can,
0: and often it will come up as a TBI diagnosis, which can also be latent or the symptoms suddenly accumulate enough to be a worry and a problem to get reevaluated. But yes, it is true. And oftentimes they'll treat the TBI first because obviously that you know, brain, ear, again, we're in these priorities. But I think we need to recognize that it can be integrated care that will address both of those. Um, awareness issues Uh, pam i know that you deal with it at home
5: absolutely and sometimes you know it's it's like everything is louder you know the tv has to be a little bit louder um (laughs) you know uh you're speaking a little louder sometimes you're on the phone and you're talking a little bit louder so um you know these things are, are are really critical, particularly when you're talking about service members that have come back. Um, and Ross, I think you spoke to this earlier, where they were dealing with these blasts. You know, yep. they were dealing. They had these blasts, um, and they were. Um, you know, my husband was in Iraq, and he had to hear all of that all the time. And, you know, his hearing is 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 decent. You know, when he got back, you know, he had that ringing and stuff from from all of that, uh, going on uh, on top of the PTSD and TBI. Right. So.
4: Sure.
5: Um, that overlaps
4: was, a good point, too, that you just mentioned. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, it's a th- I guess it's a third layer that I didn't think about until we've had this discussion because you do have that PTSD, TBI, you know, overlap right. in any cases. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I learned a lot, too. And, and, uh, don't,
3: <laughs> and I'd like to go back to something I said at the beginning that we have these two soldiers that we're in touch with through the Hearing Loss Association of America who they have severe. Uh, Injuries, TBI, physical injuries, and they say that hearing loss gives them more problems on a day-to-day than any of their other injuries. Mm. I find that staggering. Mm.
0: I do too, but I also think this is a good time, Barbara, to bring up what, for example, assistive devices are now available that can help because I think sometimes people think, Well, they told me my hearing can't be fixed beyond a certain point, but there are assistive technologies that now exist
3: that can help quality of life. Um, There sure are. And I just would like to talk about the Army back in post-World War II. When somebody got fitted with a hearing aid, they had quite an extensive oral rehabilitation program where they would take these soldiers for six weeks and teach them about auditory verbal training, they would teach them about assistive technologies, communication tips. Of course, that's um, an expensive program and a huge program. And uh, the Department of Defense has established a hearing center of excellence that um, it's going to offer support and resources for service members. But we find through our organization that often it's that peer-to-peer support okay people meeting each other who can say, you know what, I have this really cool um, conference mic that when I'm in a meeting, I put that in the middle of the conference room table and I can get uh, direct audio input to my ear. There's something called uh, a hearing loop that is installed in many public places. And it's just the audiologist needs to know when they fit that hearing aid to have it fitted with a telecoil. And often you can flip the switch on your hearing aid and you can get direct sound to your ear that is clear and knocks out all the background noise. So there are, of course, there's really, that's a very low tech uh, technology and it's an old technology, but it really works. And then of course, there's all kinds of new things out there, like these conference mics. There's one thing called a Roger Pen, which is a personal assistive listening device that helps clear communication. Um, For more severe hearing loss, they're doing cochlear implants paired with hearing aids, uh, Bluetooth. And I think that there needs to be support beyond fitting with a hearing aid to keep people in the workplace, keep people in the military, um, because if they're young, they might not be ready to be retired.
0: So, are you saying that current uh, treatment does not include the rehabilitative training and the communication tips?
3: Um, no, I'm not saying that. I I think there was a robust program back in post World War II. Mm-hmm. But I think because of this new Hearing Center of Excellence, they're talking about uh, rehabilitation and research and prevention, and they're looking at all of it. But I know that, that um, our organization deals with people who need more than a hearing aid. They need peer-to-peer support. They need technology training. They need to know what they need. Mm -hmm. And I think across the board, whether it's military, whether it's in general society, um, while hearing aids and cochlear implants are still the best prescription for hearing loss, there's still more.
0: Good point. I want to make sure people know where they can find out more information. Ross, let's start with you. How can sure. the, we, our um, listeners well, find out more information oh, on a variety of these topics we brought up today?
4: Um, well, they can go to www.vetsfirst.org, and that's one word, and it's vets, V E T S F I R S T. And then Although we're we're a veteran service organization through United Spinal Association, um, we have an online help desk, and so uh, it's called Ask Vets First. And when you go to that site, you can ask our veteran service officers any questions. So although we're part of United Spinal, uh, veterans of all categories can ask all questions about any benefits that they rate.
3: Okay, Barbara, quickly. Uh, Yes, you can go to www.hearingloss.org. And um, we also have a lot of veterans who are members of our organization. We give a free veterans membership, which includes our hearing loss magazine. We give free registrations to our annual conference, which has an exhibit hall full of the latest technology. Um, Perfect. And th-
0: I will always- make sure that we post these uh, references. Thank you both for being on with us today. We look forward to hearing more about hearing loss and Programs in the future, you're listening to Military Network Radio. You can find
2: our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your.